Never mind the dishes, Mom. Just relax. It's time for Blondie. Before we join the bumsteads of Shady Lane Avenue, let's gather around the bandstand for a curtain raiser from Lisa Adrian. Raise that curtain, Lisa. Do not wait until some deed of greatness you may do. Do not wait to shed your light afar. To the many duties ever near you now be true. Brighten the corner where you are. Brighten the corner where you are. Brighten the corner where you are. Someone far from harbor you may guide across the bar. Brighten the corner where you are. Just above the clouded skies that you may help to clear. Let not narrow self your way debar. Though into one heart alone may fall your song of cheer. Brighten the corner where you are. Brighten the corner where you are. Brighten the corner where you are. Someone far from harbor you may guide across the bar. Brighten the corner where you are. Here for all your talent you may surely find a need. Here reflect the bright and morning star. Even from your humble hand the bread of life may feed. Brighten the corner where you are. Brighten the corner where you are. Brighten the corner where you are. Someone far from harbor you may guide across the bar. Brighten the corner where you are. Thank you, Lisa. This week's episode is being sponsored by the Watertown Players, your favorite community theater troupe for more than 30 years. You know, folks, I've been thinking about retiring for, well, my entire life. If I retired, just think of all I could do. I could travel to far-off lands like Wausau. I could finally invent that electric car that I've been planning for over 30 years. Maybe I'll call it a test car or a test man or a test la la la. Hmm. Well, I'll think of something. But I really think that when I retire, I will spend even more time perfecting my announcer voice so that I can keep working on these great Blondie episodes for years to come. Doesn't that sound fabulous? And all for the good of the Watertown players. The Watertown players, dedicated to enriching the lives of those in this and surrounding communities through creativity, expression, and fun. And now for our weekly visit with the Bumsteads. Today, we find Blondie, a puzzled expression on her pretty face, standing at the telephone. But listen, operator, they've got to answer. My goodness, it's a busy office. It's where my husband works. Somebody must be there at this time in the morning. 
Oh, wait a minute. Dagwood, what on earth's the matter? Wh wh wait, I, uh, wait, I get my breath. But never mind, operator. Oh, boy, some excitement. Whew. I tried to get you at the office, but... Wait till I tell you. I, uh, I got there a little bit late this morning, and right away they told me Mr. Dithers was looking for me. They said he'd left to come over here. I know. He is here. And so then I said, hey, he's still here? He's supposed to be in court this morning. Not until 10 o'clock, he says. Listen, Dagwood, is that why no one answers at the office? Sure. I guess they know he'll be in court all day. Hey, where is he? He's out in the kitchen sipping his second glass of bicarbonate of soda. Oh, golly. His digestion gone back on him again. I'm afraid so. He's pretty excited about testifying in court. Did he ask for me? Every two minutes since he came in the door. What's he want with you, Dagwood? Oh, I guess he just wants me to hold his hand on the way to court. You know, kind of cheer him up. Oh, goodness. I wouldn't want to testify on a witness stand. Oh, I don't know. I've seen a lot of movies where someone is on trial, and I always know what I'd say if I was doing it. Do you, dear? Sure. I'd like to get a crack at some of those smart lawyers someday. Maybe you'll get a chance today. All you've got to do is keep your head and... How's that? Maybe Mr. Dithers wants you for a witness. Me? No, honey. Why, I don't know anything about this case. Uh, do I? I don't know, Dagwood. But the case is Peck versus Dithers. Uh-huh. That must be Preppy Peck. Uh, which one is suing who for what? I'm not sure, but I guess Peck is suing. Because Mr. Dithers tried to get the name changed from Peck versus Dithers to Dithers versus Peck but they told him the other man was there first. Yeah, well, it would be just like Preppy Peck to sue Mr. Dithers. They're always fighting about something. That name, Peck, is awfully familiar to me somehow, Dagwood. Sure, Percy Peck, that puts all those statues in the parks. He's just a show-off with money. Yes, but there's something else I'm trying to remember. Mr. Dithers still calls him Preppy, like they used to in high school. Oh, they went to school together? Yeah, that's where the trouble started. In Biology B, their freshman year. Goodness, you'd think they'd have forgotten it by now. Well, see, Peck won't let the matter drop. Every time Mr. Dithers wants to buy a nice piece of building ground at a sensible price, why, Peck buys it first at the asking price. What does he do with all the land he buys? He puts statues on it. Well, I never. And all because of a schoolboy quarrel? Yeah, well, between you and me, it was Mr. Dithers started it. They called him Dizzy Dithers in those days, and... Bumstead! Too. Uh, yes, sir. Good morning. Ha! It's a rotten morning. You'll feel better once you get Preppy Peck up on that witness box. Witness stand! Yeah, but how will I feel when he gets me up there? Well, Dagwood says all you have to do is keep your head. Ha! He should have my head. Yes, sir. Uh, I mean, no, sir. Uh, thanks just the same. Uh, Dagwood was just telling me about the trick you played in school. Yeah! Ha! <laughs> it was a scream. Mr. Dithers put a toy snake in Preppy Peck's Scholar's Companion. 
No, Bumstead, it wasn't a toy snake. It was a live toad. And it wasn't a scholar's companion either. Oh? No? No. I put the toad in his lunchbox. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my head. Look here, Bumstead. You'll have to be more accurate about details when you're on the stand today. Oh, sure. When I'm... Hey, where? On that witness stand. Two? All you have to do is keep your head. It's just the chance you've been waiting for, Dagwood. It is not. I mean... How is it? It's your chance to put some smart lawyer in his place. Never mind the lawyers. Just concentrate on beating Preppy Peck. Well, sure, I, I'd i be glad to, Mr. Dithers, only, see, I don't know anything about the facts of the case, and... Fiddle-diddle! You know all about it! You were right there! Yeah? Where? In my car when the accident happened. Uh-huh. Was I knocked unconscious? No, Bumstead, certainly not. Well, then it's a funny thing. I can't remember anything about it. Oh, and I'm depending on you to cinch my case. It will come back to him, Mr. Dithers. Why, I remember it perfectly. Oh, were you there too? No, no. Oh, what a witness. I wasn't there, Dagwood, but you told me all about it that night when you got home. I did, huh? Certainly you did. That's what Peck's name reminded me of. You were so excited when you came home that night, you kissed Daisy the dog and scratched Baby Dumpling's ears. I did? It must have been a terrible accident. When did it happen? For heaven's sake, pull yourself together, Bumstead. It wasn't hardly any accident at all. Don't go saying it was. And it happened just about a year ago. Oh, a year ago. No wonder I was a little hazy about it. Hazy? You were lost in a fog. Fog? Yeah, seems to me I remember telling you not to drive so fast in that fog. No, Bumstead! I wasn't driving fast and there wasn't any fog. Let me talk to him, Mr. Dithers. Listen, Dagwood, it was on Grand Avenue at the corner of Peach Street. Mr. Dithers was driving you to work and... Wait, I'm getting it. We were spinning along... Crawling along! That's what I mean. We were crawling along, and all of a sudden, you saw Preppy Peck ahead of you. Right. So you tooted your horn. Right. And then, that's when it happened. Yeah, but what happened? Well, uh, uh, that's what I don't remember. (sighs) Now, don't worry, Mr. Dithers. It was such a little accident, it's no wonder Dagwood forgets. You ought to hear the story Peck's lawyer has cooked up. Oh, it didn't amount to anything. Why, Peck stopped without putting out his hand. Uh, You didn't see him put out his hand, did you, Dagwood? No, he didn't. Well, no, I didn't. I'm sure of that. Good. So then when Peck stopped so fast, why, naturally, Mr. Dither's car kind of rolled up and sort of nudged Peck's car. Uh Uh-huh. Well, look at Blondie. You remember so much better than I do. Why don't you get up in court and tell the story? Oh, no, dear. You were the witness. Certainly. Listen, Bumstead, the whole office force will be down there to see me give Peck a trimming in court. You'll be a hero if you don't mess this up. Uh Uh-huh. Just think, dear. I'm thinking. I'll go over and over it with him, Mr. Dithers. Yeah, and then probably Peck's lawyer will ask him if he's discussed the case with anyone, and what will Dagwood say to that? 
I'd just say I didn't talk it over with anyone except my wife. And I guess a man's got a right to talk to his own wife. Yeah, and then the lawyer will ask you what your wife told you. And I'll say she just told me what I was supposed to say. Oh, no! No, definitely no! Well, can't your lawyer stop Peck's lawyer from asking things like that? I don't know. I, I haven't got any lawyer. What? No lawyer? Well, I had a lawyer, but he advised me to settle out of court. So I fired him! Well, the law gives any man the privilege of defending his own case, doesn't it? Yeah, if you call that a privilege. <sighs> well, I'm into it now. Come on, Dagwood, it's time to go. Yeah, but you're coming too, aren't you, Blondie? Yes, dear, but I'll have to change clothes first. You run along and I'll join you. Yeah, you might put a little lunch and bring it with you. I, I feel kind of empty already. All right, Dagwood. Hurry now or you'll be late for court. Yeah, come on. Listen, if we were both late, they might uh, postpone the whole thing. Not preppy peck. Now listen, Bumstead. I'm not putting any words in your mouth, understand? No, sir. I mean, uh, yes, sir. But just remember that it happened like this. We were crawling along and Peck didn't put his hand out when he stopped. Order! Order in the court! If, Your Honor, please. Yes, Mr. Pry. As counsel for our highly respected fellow citizen, Mr. Percival Peck. Ha! You mean Preppy Peck. Silence! Proceed, Mr. Pry. As counsel for the plaintiff, what? If it please the court, I should like to ask that this courtroom be cleared of spectators. <laughs> Obvious that the room is packed with the hirelings of the defendant, Dithers. It's a lie! <laughs> Mr. Dithers, you have been accorded the privilege of pleading your own case in court, but I must warn you against displays of, uh, temper. I'm not losing my temper! I'm cool as a cucumber! <laughs> Silence, Mr. Dithers, or I'll be forced to hold you in contempt of court. <laughs> Are these, uh, people friends of yours, Mr. Dithers? I never saw them before in my life. Hmm, that's very strange. Are you quite sure that you know none of them? Well, I know this one. He's my star witness, Dagwood Bumstead. Uh, me? Your name is Bumstead, isn't it? I, the, thy, the, I think so. Take the stand, Mr. Bumstead. You, you mean now? Certainly. Get up there and talk. Come on, boys. Bumstead's going in for dithers. B-U-M-S-T-E-A-D. Bumstead! Order. Order. Clear the court. This is outrageous. Outside. Come on. Everybody out. Disgraceful. From its inception, this whole case has been conducted like a riot in Bedlam. I want to warn the next witness, uh, uh, Mr. Uh, Bumstead, that unless he can convince me that he is telling the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth, he will be made to understand what it means to trifle with the dignity of the law. Mm. 
Is your witness ready, Mr. Dithers? He certainly is, Your Honor. Dagwood Bumstead. Well, where is he? Why, right here, Your Honor. Oh, he, he was right here a minute ago. Your talents appear to be wasted in the law, Mr. Dithers. You might do better as a magician on the stage. A crowded courtroom full of people you don't know turns into a cheering section for your witness. And then, in the twinkling of an eye, the witness, uh, dematerializes. Does what? Vanishes, Mr. Dithers. And I might add that the patience of this court is fast vanishing also. And your chances of winning this case are already practically, uh, imperceptible. If the court please, I move for a decision for the plaintiff, my client, Mr. Peck. Now, wait a minute. Give me time to find Bumstead. He can't have got far away. I will give you a recess of just five minutes, Mr. Dithers. Yoo-hoo, Dagwood! What are you doing out here in the corridor? Oh, the judge kicked us all out. Ha, ha, ha. Now I won't have to testify, I hope. Uh, you've been waiting long, Blondie? Yes, but I didn't mind. Mr. Tangle has been showing me pictures. Who? Uh, pictures of what? Of the cutest baby. Just a year old. And already it has a big tooth right in front. Uh-huh. Is that Mr. Uh... Tangle, yes. Oh, you who, Mr. Tangle? Come and meet my husband. Delighted, I'm sure. I've heard a lot about you, Mr. Crumhead. Bumstead? Yeah, thanks. My wife tells me you have a youngster, a year old. And large for his years. Er, I mean, just a minute. I've got a little snapshot here that'll give you a rough idea, Mr. Plumdead. Bumstead? Say, you ought to see our boy. You don't say. Now this is Chubbins. Who? My baby. Chubbins, we call him. Just a, a pet name, Mr. Uh... Bumstead. Yeah, that's cute, all right. Take it yourself? Oh, yes, Dagwood. He takes all his baby's pictures right on his front lawn. He does, eh? Well, I remember when Baby Dumpling... Uh, that's our baby. My front lawn gets the sun, you know. I'm out there all day long. And every day, Dagwood. Uh-huh. Well, when Baby Dumpling was a year old, I said to him one day... Bumstead! Bumstead, I said. Do no. What the name of Jumpin' Joe Jeepers are you doing out here? Oh, just, uh, looking at baby pictures. Baby pictures? Oh! They're simply fascinating, Mr. Dithers. Listen, the judge has given me five minutes to get you on that stand, and three minutes are gone now. Me? Yes, you! Well, but I didn't think... You never do. You got a lawsuit on Mr. Uh... Dithers. This is Mr. Tangle, Mr. Dithers. Delighted. Are you any relation to Harry Smithers? The name is Dithers, and I certainly have got a lawsuit on, and I haven't got any time to look at baby pictures. Come on, Dagwood. It might pay you to look at these pictures, Mr. Dithers. Oh, the pictures are just an amateur's effort, but Shubbins is a remarkable baby. Why, only the other day... Listen, Mr. Wangle... Tangle. Mortimer Tangle. Uh, Mr. Tangle takes the pictures on his front lawn. I don't care if he takes them at the North Pole. I'm busy. But you don't know where his front lawn is. Well, I'll bite. 
Where is your front lawn, Mr. Spangle? Tangle. Mortimer Tangle. His front lawn is at the corner of Grand Avenue and Peach Street. Uh-huh. Well, that's a nice neighborhood, but... Hey! That's where our accident happened. Oh, yes. That's a busy corner, Mr. Withers. Dithers! But let that pass. Listen, were you out on your front lawn on the morning of May 19th a year ago? Oh, yes. Oh, my, yes. I'm out there every morning with Chubbins. Hey, did you see the accident? Well, I'll tell you. Yes? yes. We have so many accidents at that corner, at least one a day, that when I hear a crash, I hardly bother to look up. Oh, but I did. You did? Now, aren't you glad you met Mr. Tangle? Thank you. I'll be glad to meet him if he saw what I want him to saw, see. Do you remember the accident, Mr. Tangle? Perfectly, as I said to Lawyer Pry and his client. Hey, are you their witness? Uh, a spy. Oh, I don't believe Mr. Tangle will testify on the wrong side. Certainly not. I have offered myself to them, but they were very rude. Ah, rudest people I ever met. Not a bit interested in shubbins. Peck never had a baby in his life. Pride never was a baby. While on the other hand, the uh, glumweds... A bumstead. Uh, thank you. Are such fine young people. Thank you. So, you'll testify for me, eh? Willingly, Mr. Brothers. Drithers! I mean, dithers! Now, are you sure you remember the right things? Absolutely. I have practically a photographic memory. Swell. Go ahead and tell us just what you saw. Yeah, go ahead. Give me a moment. I see so many accidents at that corner. <laughs> oh, yes. The case of Speck versus Jitters. No, no. Quiet. That's good enough. What did you see? I recall as though it was yesterday, standing there in the sunshine, Focusing my camera by a highlight on Chubbin's front tooth. Shh. Go on, Mr. Tangle. Uh, where was I? Chubbin's front tooth. Ah, oh, yes. Uh, when suddenly I chanced to look up. Good. Swell. And then I saw it all. Fleck was driving like mad. That's right. Driving a huge open car, bright purple in color. Purple? Well, heliotrope and... As he tore by, you, Mr. Feathers, got off the eastbound bus. Two. He saw the wrong accident. Come on, Bumstead, you're my last hope. But listen, I... I bet I get all balled up on that stand. If you do, Bumstead, I will personally throw you so far out of my office that you will bounce past three new jobs. This episode of Blondie is being produced and sponsored by the Watertown Players. The Watertown Players has been a community staple for more than 30 years. Can you believe it? More than 30 years. And in those over 30 years, the Watertown Players have brought some really great theater to our ever-faithful, ever-dedicated audiences. What were some of your favorites? Did you leave the theater humming after seeing Guys and Dolls or Packer Friends from Outer Space or Once Upon a Mattress? Did your sides hurt from laughing after you saw Farce of Nature or Farce of Habit or 37 Postcards? Did your chest swell with pride after seeing one of the Watertown Players' children's theater productions like Alice in Wonderland or Beauty and the Beast Jr. 
or folk tales for fun? Well, we are planning to stay in the business of entertaining you for the next 30 years, and the next 30 years after that, and the next 30 years after that. The Watertown Players, dedicated to enriching the lives of those in this and surrounding communities through creativity, expression, and fun. And now we return to the court, where Dagwood is on the stand, mopping his brow and listening to the court's opinion of the testimony thus far. This case shouldn't be called Peck versus Dithers. A better title would be Ananias versus Munchausen. As for the present witness, Mr. Uh, Bumstead may be endeavoring to tell the truth, but as far as his ability to give an accurate picture of events is concerned, he might as well have been another man in two other places. He appears to be hopelessly confused. I object. Oh, you do? Well, I mean, my witness may be just a little confused, but I can straighten him out if this other guy... I object. If the court pleases, I am no guy. Objection sustained. Be more careful of your language, Mr. Uh... Dithers. Now, listen, Bumstead. It's all very simple, see? You were in my car, and I was driving very slowly, wasn't I? Objected to as an extremely leading question. Objection overruled. But your honor, if the man dithers is to be allowed to put words into the mouth of his witnesses... If he can get anything out of his witness, it will be a relief, Mr. Pry. Proceed, Mr. Dithers. Well, go on, Mr. Bumstead. What happened? Well, you, uh, tooted your horn, kind of. I object to the phrase, kind of. Either he did toot his horn, or he didn't. Of course I tooted it. I object. Are you testifying, or is Bumstead? Now listen, Pry. Get on with the case. Well, go on, Bumstead. What did you think when you heard me toot the horn? I object. The question calls for a conclusion of the witness. Objection sustained. Never mind what you thought, Mr. Uh... Bumstead. Thank you. Just tell us what you saw. Well, when we hit Peck... I saw stars. I object. I mean, we didn't hit him hard. Let your witness testify, Mr. Dithers. Go on, Bumstead. Tell his honor we just nudged Peck. I object. He's coaching the witness again. He is not. Anyway, he doesn't have to, because I remember that part. Oh, you do? Yes, sir. I remember that Peck stopped without putting out his hand. Uh-huh. Yeah. And naturally, when he stopped so fast, why, Mr. Dither's car just kind of rolled up and sort of nudged Peck's car. That a boy. Just a moment. I'm curious to know, Mr. Bumstead, what caused that sudden burst of memory on your part? How can you be so sure? Why, I remember that part because Blondie told me. Oh. Uh-huh. Blondie told you? Who is Blondie? That's my wife. She remembers everything. Many wives do. Was your wife in the car with you, Mr. Bumstead? Blondie? Oh, I know, sir. She was at home with Baby Dumpling. Then I'm afraid that her memory won't do you any good. The clerk of court will strike out all that part of the testimony, which is hearsay. I move that this witness's entire testimony be stricken out as being irrelevant, incompetent, immaterial, and obviously the result of coaching by his wife. Don't crowd your luck, Mr. Pry. Your witness was no rose. Any more questions, Mr. Dithers? What's the use? Then the defense rests? I won't get much rest. 
But I'm through with Bumstead, if that's what you mean. Can I go home now? Not quite yet, Mr. Bumstead. I have some questions to ask. I don't want to talk to you at all. I'm afraid you'll have to. You'll have to answer under cross-examination. Oh, gosh. It won't take long, Mr. Bumstead. Just one little point. Uh, You have said, under oath, that my client, Mr. Peck, stopped suddenly and without putting out his hand to signal his stop. As a matter of fact, I think he backed up on us. Never mind what you think. Did he or did he not put out his hand? Well, I... I didn't see him do it. Ah, you didn't see him. But can you swear of your own knowledge that he didn't? Answer, yes or no. Well, I didn't see him. Did he? Yes or no? Gosh, how can I say yes or no when I don't know? Exactly. You don't know, Mr. Bumstead. And I'll tell you why you don't know and why you didn't see him put out his hand. Now, I show you this newspaper. Look at it. Well, I... Hey, this is my paper. Exactly. It has your name on it. It was delivered to your door one morning nearly a year ago. The date tells us that it was on the morning of the accident. Is that right? Yeah. I often wondered what became of my paper that day. Oh, I can tell you, Mr. Bumstead. You lost it at the scene of the accident. It was found by the police. Open at the funny page. Yeah? What of it? Oh, just this. You were reading that funny page while riding in Dither's car. You were reading up to the very moment of the uh, crash, weren't you? Yeah, sure. Look, I always wanted to know how this comic came out. Bumstead! Did I say something wrong? No, no, my dear Mr. Bumstead. You've said exactly the right thing. Thank you. Well, uh, you're welcome, but... That's all, Mr. Bumstead. Thanks. Can I go now? Certainly. Now, Your Honor, I move... Just a moment. I am impressed by Mr. Bumstead's frankness, if not his, uh, brilliance. The fact that he didn't see your client put out his hand doesn't prove that he didn't put it out. Exactly. But it doesn't prove that he did. This court is prone to believe that there is a strong odor of fish about this case. I want to get to the bottom of it. Have you any other witnesses, Mr. Pry? No, Your Honor. And you, Mr. Dithers? No. Wait a minute. Yes. I I think so. There's a man named... named... What was that feller's name, Bumstead? Who? What feller? Uh, the baby man. Oh, him? Why, his name was Mr. Mangle, wasn't it? I don't know his name, but I can find him. You have lost the power to astonish me, Mr. Dithers. Nothing would surprise me anymore. I marvel at my own patience, but I will declare a recess until two this afternoon. If you can find the baby man and bring him here... And if he can really tell this court what happened on the morning of May 19th, 1939, he will claim a tired old man's undying gratitude. Court's adjourned. Corner Grand and Peach, this is Tangle's house. Yeah. And that's his lawn. I hope we find him home. 
I hope we find Blondie. Hey, there she is, coming out the front door. Hi. Hi, Blondie. Oh, what did you come here for? Shh, Chubbins is asleep. Where's Tangle? Watching Chubbins sleep. We need Tangle down at the court. No, you don't, Dagwood. Everything's all right. Eh? What's all right about it? Well, I've been looking at hundreds of pictures of Chubbins on the lawn. Ugh, Blondie, get your mind off baby pictures. And I have some pictures here that will interest you, Mr. Dithers. No, listen, dear. Mr. Dithers doesn't like baby pictures. He'll like these, on account of the background. Background? Yes, look, Exhibit A. Picture of Chubbins on lawn with back to street. Hey, look it. What's in the street? Isn't that Peck's car? Yes, and that object just behind it is the front end of Mr. Dither's car. You mean this was taken just before the er, nudge I gave him? That's right. Mr. Tangle dates all his pictures, too, so this is evidence of just what happened that morning. Oh, boy. Exhibit B. Another picture of Chubbins featuring the right ear, taken a second or so later. This shows Mr. Dither's car nudging Mr. Peck's car. Yeah, but I wish we had a close-up. We have. Exhibit C. At the exact moment of the bump, Mr. Tangle must have looked up. His camera clicked again. This time, Chubbins didn't get in it at all. But both cars did, very clearly, and both drivers. Also, the picture of a girl walking on the sidewalk. Look! Peck hasn't got his hand out. I told you so. He isn't even looking where he's going. No, he's gooping at the girl. That's all I want to see. The judge can't get around this. We win! Give me that picture. Any more nonsense from Peck and I'll show his wife that picture. Don't you want to thank Mr. Tangle? Sure. I'll go in and write him a check for this snapshot that'll make him think I'm Santa Claus. If you really want to please him, just admire Chubbins. I will. Leave it to me. Give it the works. Well, Dagwood, now you won't have to go back on the witness stand. Not in this case, anyway. I... I'm kind of sorry, in a way. I was just getting the hang of it. If I had another chance, I bet I could get that lawyer so twisted up he wouldn't know his name. Maybe we'd better move out of this corner where they have an accident a day. I... Oh, Dagwood, look! An accident! Hey, look out! Boy, what a wallop! We were witnesses to that, Dagwood. Now when you get on the stand... Who? Me? Not a chance. I didn't see a thing. Hey, come on in Tangle's house before they see us looking. And so, we leave Blondie and Dagwood of Shady Lane Avenue. We invite you to listen the next time we join the Bumsteads. Our next episode is entitled, The Bumsteads Drencher. <laughs> Sounds like a hoot and a half to me. This week's episode, Dagwood Takes the Stand, featured the voice talents of Carl Zarling as Mr. Dithers, Matt Emerson as Tangle, Greg Coots as Mr. Pry, Jim Steffel as the judge, Lane Landowski as Dagwood, and of course, Lisa Steffel as Blondie. This week's episode is brought to you by the Watertown Players. Looking for quality, affordable entertainment? Well, look no further, friends. 
Make sure to follow the Watertown players on Facebook so that you don't miss any past, present, or future productions. This is your announcer, Jim Steffel, thanking you for supporting the Watertown players and our continuing episodes of Blondie. For more information on how you can help fund these fine old-fashioned productions, please text BLONDIE to 44321. That's BLONDIE, B-L-O-N-D-I-E, to 44321. Thank you, and good night.